You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Everyone and welcome to Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This episode number one hundred and seventy-five. We're discussing our Spider-Man Far From Home prelude. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. I'm Troy. And there is a noticeable absence in the room. You did not hear that high pitched. <laughs> I am Sanjay. He is out of the office for this week. He is down south, but he's still contributing to the Nerd Room and to this podcast. And we'll get into that in just a little bit but spider-man far from home troy yeah man you got to be feeling that anticipation level july 2nd we are just over a week outside of seeing this film experiencing the 23rd film in the mcu spider-man's fifth appearance in the mcu and the last film of marvel phase three the epilogue to avengers endgame you gotta be pumped man oh man i'm on another level right now i actually got my showings for the second and the third already no way yeah i'm going (laughs) going with the boys then i'm going with my wife watching the other way around sorry wife first and the boys i guess but um yeah i'm excited man i'm hearing now there's rumors potentially that we're getting nine films out of uh tom holland spider-man 2 that would be fantastic yes and we're with this prelude episode we're going to talk about spider-man in the mcu what that sony deal was his impact so far in the first four films and then we're going to be doing like we always do building into these big stars marvel and dc films we're going to be talking about what we think this film is going to be spoiler free as much as we can now I don't know what you've been watching, but mm. I stopped watching after about the second trailer. Apparently, this movie is fantastic. You know, we got the first early reactions yes. from people, and I'm excited. I'm stoked, and I'm really pumped to get in and talking some Spider-Man, some detail, yeah. as well as what this film, Spider-Man Far From Home, is going to be. It's incredible to think that we're already two films in to this new Tom Holland-led Spider-Man franchise, yeah. as well as three other appearances in mcu film so it's, it's pretty wild to see how extensive and how much this character has penetrated kind of the masses but as well as the contribution to the mcu it's it's wild it's absolutely crazy especially just to see that we've had he's the longest playing spider-man yeah. actor that we have out there which is something else because you have you know the toby Maguire, which ran what from 2002 to 2009 yeah you know um which is quite a while but just to have tom holland in five massive mcu films yeah. and more down the pipeline yeah it's incredible stuff some people's favorite peter parker we'll, yeah we'll, we'll get into we'll that get into in a little it. bit yeah man <laughs> <laughs> but we got to do one thing off the top of yes. the episode like we always do here in the nerd room. we got to talk about a week in nerd yeah it continues to be very very slow for me i the desolation on the pegs is real like i think we mentioned this before if i feel like thanos walked in and snapped his fingers <laughs> On those Marvel Legends and Black Series because they are nowhere to be found. I feel like I'm an Avenger four and a half years out of the snap, wandering around wondering what I need to do to find something, a new wave, anything. Has have you had any of that hashtag Legends luck? <laughs> the Legends have been real, you know. Um, I've actually got a couple, a couple good ones, man. I got my hands on the uh, the Beast 
Hank McCoy, X-Men, Marvel Legends, which is cool because I've been looking around. I think it's Beast and the Jubilee or the hard two to catch in that wave. And I'm a big X-Men collector. So finally got that Beast. And of course, I got my hands on the Tom Holland Red and Black oh, Far From Home costume. A little bit early, actually, too, before they hit the shelves. Uh, Kijiji, man. Yeah. By all means, I'll go out there and I'll find that figure. So um, found that figure. It's pretty cool. I'm going to unbox him and see what I can do because I feel like that figure is going to hit hard again. Yeah. So I'm pretty comfortable taking this one out of the box and just having fun with it and get my hands on it again yeah. just to keep it in the box. Because we're both seeing at Walmart the yeah. Far From Home standees, like yes. the kind of the middle aisle where they have kind of the soap bottle type of Spider-Man yeah. and you've got some of the, I guess, more youthful toys. Yeah, the fourteen ninety five kind yeah. of price range for those ones. Exactly, yeah. and but no Legends yet. No Legends yeah, yet. Um, I, I, the rumor is that you've meant to have dropped at uh, EB Games um but no announcement on like the walmarts and the toys yeah. r us so but taking this thing out of the box it's pretty sweet it's it's a nice addition to the other spider-man figures except hasbro has been slacking on putting the lines on oh no so the lines are sculpted in but they're not painted on which oh. is kind of weird um and another thing i did is i got my hands on this power rangers and i gotta give a shout out to hasbro again because i think this line first was introduced to us uh during the toy fair they announced mm-hmm. that hasbro was now taking over the rights uh from the mighty Morphin power rangers line and i got the white ranger this thing's cool like tommy yeah tommy man this is this thing's cool it poses very well if you if you're familiar with uh marvel legends and even the Black Series, but I feel like it's closer to the Marvel Legends for posables and, and um, articulation. But this thing's great. Unfortunately, they don't release them all with original um, cast members. So you're not going to get like the Black or Blue uh. Rangers. So you got to wait for the other figures to come out down other waves. But for now, I'm satisfied, man. It's It's been good. It's been out there. I'm trying to get another cap. And uh, that retro line, man. What's oh, going on? I don't know. So I tweeted at Toys R Us this past week, Toys R Us Canada. Mm-hmm. And I said, look, guys, I, I can see them on your website. When are they going to drop? When are they going to go live on the website? And I don't know if I spurred it or if it was numerous people asking the same question, but it dropped off of their website this past weekend. Because we could see four of the few, I think there's six or eight figures, whatever's in the line. Right. We could see them online. But they just weren't live. They said out of stock, which mm-hmm. normally means that they just haven't filled that stock yet. Right. And now they're gone, which has me worried that this line isn't going to hit the same way I anticipated it would right. at Toys R Us. Because they're Target exclusives in the States, and they are Toys R Us exclusives here, I think, exclusives. I'm pretty sure they are Toys R Us here, yeah. And we have not seen anything. You did have some luck. You, you, yeah. We talked about it a few weeks ago, and you can see it on our Instagram account, as well as yeah. the Power Ranger stuff you picked up. Mm-hmm. So that's at the Nerdorama on Instagram. But, yeah, it's been just a big question mark for me. I'm hoping as we roll into July here that they're going to refresh the shelves yes. for early summer. The Spider-Man Far From Home stuff should be coming. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know what's going on. And it's making it really difficult yeah. because I'm, I'm trying to find other ways to get my hands on some of these figures. Of and this goes to our dude Sanjay and his contribution to us. We're <laughs> talking about a bit more detail in a couple of weeks. And you'll see it on the Instagram account. I guess next time we see him, mm-hmm. but he was able to pick us up a couple two packs. Yes. You know, you can go see his image that we threw up there on the Instagram account right now, but we're going to open these up. And that was the end game. Yeah. Two pack for me with the swappable heads. And this is kind of that uh, quantum suit yes. pack that they have, which I'm super excited about. And he got you that MJ Spider-Man. Oh, dual well. pack looking fresh, yeah. looking real good, man. But I'm excited for you because now there's just a couple more bucks you need to get yeah. um, to complete that whole Quantum Realm team. Yeah, I'm really looking forward yeah, to that. I can that get, I'm hoping that 
if you go to a couple of Toys R Us around here, this cap yeah. is stacked pretty deep. Yeah. So I'm hoping that I can get a discount of that, the same buck that you're seeing, the male buck mm-hmm. from that two pack. And at least I can fill it with, you know, Paul Redhead. Yes. I can get, you got that Jeremy Renner head in there as well. Right. And so I'm looking forward to, to kind of doing this and doing, I'm not a big customizer, mm-hmm. but doing some head swaps. Definitely. I got man. my boy Troy here kind yes, of guiding sir. me a little bit <laughs> to try to get this quantum suit it's not perfect look, but mm-hmm. I prefer the like just the human head sculpts. Of course, yeah. As they are in the film, and kind of get the closest representation to the film I can, and get them nice stacked up. Yeah. Maybe doing you know the hands in whatever something. Oh. I wonder if you know could they go crazy and announce like a um like a massive dual pack or like four pack five pack of all the figures. I love San it. Diego. I guess they already announced all the San Diego yeah. stuff, right? But uh, that'd be pretty cool if you get their hands on the whole set. With the white paint on there that it should be, and like the red on the, the collars, all that kind of stuff, the finished details. But it feels like it does feel like an exclusive of some sort, a con exclusive where they would re release these but painted properly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, because that is one of the pitfalls. And if you guys aren't familiar, we'll throw some images up once we get our hands on the end game double pack or dual pack. It They're gray instead of white. Yeah. And it just doesn't look right. And the heads are also their mast heads for the mm-hmm. most part, especially for the male figures. And we never see that in the film. We never see Cap wearing the bucket. We never see Iron Man wearing the Iron Man helmet because that was a surprise to me in the film. Yeah. When they first started snapping up what is more like the Ant-Man helmet in the quantum suits and Iron Man didn't have his helmet. War Machine did though. Yeah, War Machine did when they were on that planet. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just because they're in space, but then again, I guess they could just use the Iron other Man. one. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. But it's kind of weird. But anyways, yeah. that that's the Legends stuff. And you mentioned the STCC Legends exclusive. Yeah. So we did get some insight from Hasbro this past week. We know it's coming from Star Wars. We got that vintage Fett from the 40th anniversary Empire line, which is looking just Fresh. sweet. Oh, mm. yes. Man. But we got some interesting du- double pack here, dual pack, and it's a collector and Grandmaster, the Elders of the Universe double pack from Hasbro. Really cool, unique bubble here. They got the Thor Ragnarok and the Guardians of the Galaxy tags on them. Marvel Legends, six inch, highly articulated. These things look absolutely mint. I've got my dude, Steve Kirk. I've tapped him already <laughs> on the shoulder. This man is a legend, literally in the name legend. Yeah. Because he, he's kind of said, if he can do it, he's going to, he's going to oblige me. Cool. And try to grab these from him. He got me the Iron Man exclusive Mark One Funko Pop, Marvel 10th anniversary last year, SCCC. And I've had guys like Rob Castle. I've had a huge, huge crew of guys that have been contributing. And Steve Kirk continues to be the man. So, Steve Kirk, if you don't know him, San Diego Sabres radio podcast. Yes. Get out there, listen to these guys, incredible stories podcast with a unique twist that they are lightsaber experts, biting yes. experts. Oh, love those guys. Yeah, they're so they're so good. Their yeah. podcast is next level. So get out there and support them. They're part of the Star Wars Commonwealth. But Steve Kirk, I love you, my That's man. That's the dude right there. <laughs> yeah, man. Looking forward to these. So go check out our Twitter account. I threw a picture of these up. Uh, if you haven't seen them yet, it's 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 awesome that we're getting these unique figures. They're going deep with the legends, the MCU legends oh, in particular. We're in it for a treat, man, this year. It's going to be nuts. Yeah. It's not slowing down anytime soon. No, no, no. no. And for me... This week, like I said, I didn't. I was out on the hunt. Finally, yeah. got out there. Didn't find anything, unfortunately. But I did a couple different and more unique things this past weekend. And one was going to Alberta. Here, we live in the province of Alberta. For those not familiar, has you know a relatively small podcasting community. It is growing, and we're becoming more and more aware of other individuals that do podcast in Calgary, where we live, as well as in Alberta. 
And I went to Pod Summit 3. It's the first podcasting conference I've ever been to. And we had the fortunate experience of also being chosen to be one of the Spotlight podcasts. Woo! So it was great. I got up on stage. They asked a couple of questions about the podcast. We give a little local pump. But a huge shout out to all the organizers of, of podcasts, especially Ernest. He, he's kind of the guy that headed this whole thing up. They brought in some speakers talking about, you know, monetizing podcasts, if that's the direction you want to go, growing your audience, and this nice, real collaborative networking event around local podcasts. And there's about 100 people there. So big shout out to Pod Summit and everything that they're doing. You can follow them on Twitter at Pod Summit. And I'm looking forward to something next. Like this, nice. this is kind of my first real introduction to a conference that wasn't work focused yeah. or wasn't nerd focus yeah. this was something different cool. and so i really really enjoyed it i'm looking forward to doing most so i just wanted to show show them out. it was a great time yeah good and stuff. to thank them for giving us an opportunity to kind of spotlight the podcast here wicked awesome news now a couple shout outs before we move on to the news section here the first shout out i want to give is to our man micah this is at star wars time on twitter he has been supporting us for a long time and i just wanted to give him a shout out cool. he's awesome he's a big supporter of the Star Wars community and you guys should get there and follow him and see what he's doing. And it's nice to see, and it's great to see, that there's so many consistent supporters of not only this podcast, but the Star Wars Commonwealth yes. and Star Wars Podcasting in general. So big shout-out to him. And the other big shout-out goes to our man, Grabs. Oh, the homie right there. Yes, yeah. our, our dude here. He uh, he sent us a little package in the mail. And mm -hmm. in that package, there was a small note. And we asked him if it was okay if we read the note. Um and just for, I guess, some context here, we like to do, you know, in the background, sometimes we send, you know, things to, to listeners and all that. And we sent them like this little Ant-Man care package, ah. little, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it had a few little things that we had collected, you know, from over the years and all that, some exclusive and all that. So we threw that and sent that to him. And uh, then he sent us a, a reciprocal box, mm -hmm. which unexpected and highly appreciated. Um, but I'm going to read it here. Nerd Room Podcast, thank you so much for the Ant-Man swag. The three of you have opened my eyes to an awesome new hobby, an expensive one. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, he sent us these amazing quilts. You oh. guys, if you follow Grabs, you've seen some of the work that they've done in the past. And he said these quilts are for anything you want, for them, for your own collection, for your kids, to give away to listener, whatever you choose. Thank you for everything you do. Here's looking forward to many more years of interactions and geek talk. Yes. Grabs. So, Grabs. So much appreciated. You know, Troy's got the oh, quilt. I'm oh, keeping the quilt. Loving it, man. Sorry, listeners, you ain't getting your hands on this. This is this is an exclusive grabs quilt. It's, yeah. it's absolutely incredible. And he sent some some VHSs also for our dude Sanjay. Yes, of course. We all know he loves to collect movies. Mm -hmm. So Sanjay gotta come back to collect those. <laughs> but might have to fight us for him. Exactly. Yeah, there's some pretty sweet. I got one here that I took out of the box that I don't know. I'll have to get Grab's permission to keep. But no, much appreciated, always, man. man. Yeah, we, lo we love seeing and getting stuff like this, but we love interacting with you guys more. We don't need stuff. We appreciate it. Mm -hmm. But it's that community we're building and yes. the community that we're all building. It's not just, you know, us. It's forming around the podcast, but it's gone way beyond that. Mm -hmm. We've become friends. We we love sharing with each other what we're doing yep. and getting excited. You know, it, it, that's the best part about it is sharing that that pure joy and excitement yeah. for what we do, whether it's collecting, film watching, whatever. Right. We can have debates. We can disagree. But it's cool. We cheers at the end of yes. it all. It's awesome. Oh, so it's best. The best. Yeah, Love it. Yeah. Huge shout out to all the listeners out there mm -hmm. and everyone contributing to the podcast, both on Twitter, Instagram, you know, in person. It, it's yeah. been an absolute crazy ride for us. And we're going to continue doing this because we love it yeah keep and we it rolling. Love, love doing it with you guys mm -hmm. yeah so 
Anyways, with all that being said, man, it's time to jump into a little bit of the news. We're going to start this week with Star Wars. Yeah, let's do it. Got real exciting this past week. Yes. Friday, D-Day for mm-hmm. Celebration 2020. Oh. This happens in 428 days, my oh. man. <laughs> the tickets went on sale and it was an absolute freaking frenzy Yo, let's hear this oh I was, my god so i'm talking with rob cast and yeah. steve kirk again from san diego savers rob cast from tsw uh we're going back and forth on twitter you know anticipation everyone's got the computer screens up but i didn't i was out on the road because we had to drop my daughter off and we had mother-in-law and grandmother-in-law everyone in town mm-hmm. and so i'm on my phone at this point in time, I'm actually in my daughter's class. We had to go, she had some special class thing. And I've got the phone set to do not go to sleep. And I've got it set on the side on a table in her classroom with the, like hitting the button, buy tickets. And it's just, I'm in the virtual waiting room oh, yeah. for what felt like an eternity. But it was a good 40 minutes. Wow. I sat waiting for the tickets. And by this point, you know, Rob had got his tickets. Steve had gotten his tickets. I'm starting to panic a little bit. Oh, man. And I'm talking to Steve, and he's saying, I can get right in on my PC. Like, I can get directly into the buy. No virtual waiting room. Oh. And I'm still sitting in it. And I'm like, oh, crap. Did I do something wrong? Right. And fortunately, I'm standing in a like, grocery store line. I get in, get the four-day pass. Nice. Lock it down, credit card in. And then yes. I get a note from these guys, 40 passes sold out. Oh. I, I, by the skin of my teeth, man, I got oh. this four-day pass. Wow. I get, they sold out in I, less than an hour. Is this record time? I don't know if it's record time, but it's because that's what we were talking about after is that it feels like there's less tickets to this event Okay. because they sold out faster. I think at least I might be completely wrong, but from what I remember, these like the Jedi Master, the VIP sold out right away, like instantaneously. Right. Well, what's the Jedi Master one? They're a VIP kind of access to all access to everything. And oh, all that. shoot. Thousand dollar tickets though. Wow. Whereas okay. the 40 passes are like 250 bucks. Yeah. So big difference there, <laughs> especially when you're going down to Anaheim, yeah. to the convention center. There's across the road from California Adventures, which is across the road from Galaxy's Edge. Exactly. <laughs> so expensive already. Mm-hmm. And, but I feel like, I don't know if the Anaheim convention center is smaller than Chicago. I think it is. Mm. I don't know if there's less tickets or if they're going to do another wave of releases at some point. But right now, as it stands, as this podcast recording, the Friday, Saturday, four day and Jedi master are all sold out. And there's not many remaining for just that. Those are single days. So all is left is single day Thursday, single day Sunday for oh, this event. Okay. So you're on either side. You're bookending this this conference, mm-hmm. which is crazy. I honestly, I wasn't panicking too much. Like, yeah. like you kind of get in the moment, get that anxiety and all that. But I didn't think they would sell out that mm-hmm. quick. Like I, I'm like that close to not getting a four day pass. Wow. But crazy to see that this sold out that fast, and we're buying tickets for a celebration that's like. 400 plus days away Mm -hmm. but we have no idea what's going to be there it's not like this past celebration where it was rise of skywalker it was mandalorian it was clone war save end of rebels Mm -hmm. big anniversary of the phantom menace of course yeah this year it's gonna be i guess the 40th anniversary of empire Empire. strikes back yeah but it's gonna be quite a ways out from that Mm -hmm. because that's in may that actually takes place we're going august 27th through 30th so We talked about this last week about what this was. And, you know, my personal opinion is going to be the future of Star Wars. That's yes. what we're going to see there. Yeah. And that's what I'm excited about mm-hmm. is is what's next for Star Wars. Yes, we have the Rise of Skywalker coming up here. It's going to yeah. be incredible. Oh. But what's after that? It's kind of like that same space we're in with the MCU right now. Right. Is that we're waiting for the next steps. Yes. And that, to me, is 
very exciting. Of, of course, especially with them now having the rights to the X-Men and the yeah. Fantastic Four characters, whereas with Star Wars, it's like, are we going to do the Knights of the Old? Are we going to do Ryan Johnson's Further into the Future? Like, so yeah. many options, right? Yeah. It's, uh, like we said, all new, all different. Yeah. Star Wars. It's like, tonally, it might be slightly different. We might, we have different... You know, John Williams has moved away from After the Rise of Skywalker. Right. So it's about how they can stay the same, but how they can be different. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is is super, super exciting. Yes, the unknown. Yeah, so I'm super stoked about this. Mm-hmm. It's going to be an exciting time. Down there, Anaheim, I'm going to be doing Disney World and Disneyland Ooh. next year. So I'm going to be quite poor. <laughs> Might just scale back on a few things here, but we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're talking about taking the family down and all that. And... Yeah, it's, it's exciting times to be a Star Wars fan. And it's nice that I have four, over 400 days to save for this. Yeah. Because inevitably, this is going to weigh quite heavily on the wallet. <laughs> <laughs> Every year in collecting, man, they, they find a way. They do find they a way. They do. Yeah, they yeah. find a way to... I remember at one point in time, was it you, Troy, that said... <laughs> I am out of legends. <laughs> and I think you've got more legends this year more than you have ever. ever. Yeah. <laughs> I still think back, you know, to the time when you got me to collecting and it was just the selects. I was like, yeah. legends are cool, but I'm just going to do the selects because they were very well detailed. And I didn't have much storage back then. So I got my selects. I just put them in like my nightstand and I had like three of them. And then I went to a Walmart one day and I saw the pizza Spider-Man where he's holding the pizza. And I was like, I got to have this figure. And then from there, it's like, Captain Marvel, I have that figure, and then just escalated. And now, like, dude, it's all you, and these Marvel Legends are just on another level now. I'll take, I eat and sleep these things. I'll take full credit, man. <laughs> you, yeah, your Legends collection, I think, is bigger than mine now. You have a lot that you don't even have up, though. Like, you have a yeah, bunch in box. I might have, like, that. 20 that are in storage, but they're... Yeah. There are figures that I don't... There's a couple I would put out. Yeah. But most of them are figures I bought for a Build-A-Figure piece. Of course, right. Like, yeah. I got, like... Uh, what's that? Iron Man one. Yeah. Build-A-Figure. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And some of them are just, like, Nuke and the oh, Wrecking yeah. Crew. And yeah. Characters like this. Like, uh, there's the kind of... The Beetle? Do you have one of those? That's no, a big peg warmer. I don't have beetle. the Beetle. Yeah. I have the... Uh, re- it's a uh, basically the Soviet Captain America. Oh, I know exactly yeah, what you're talking with about. With the red fin or whatever. His yeah. Head and all that. So uh, I've got a lot of like random comic book characters. Mm-hmm. And that was at a time that I would see a wave and I would just buy all of them. Right. Like if I wanted the Hulkbuster, like yeah. I literally bought like $150 worth of figures in one swath because I wanted the Hulkbuster. <laughs> of course. But realistically, in that wave, there was only two or three Age of Ultron figures. Yeah. And they're always Cap, Iron Man, and then one new figure. Yeah. And I think it was War Machine in that wave. Oh, yeah. Yeah, with the roadie head. So yeah. it's it's just been kind of chaotic through that time. <laughs> and then I've slowed down, but then as I've slowed down, because you still do the comics. I stopped doing comics. Yeah, you stopped doing the comics. Yeah. yeah, and I could see why, because these MCU figures, as I look behind you, they're, again, well-detailed. The articulation is great. The posability is just fantastic. And the box art, too. It's yeah. just, they have you on every level to collect yeah. these things. Yeah, yeah. it's it's amazing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> we did a little tangent there back in the Legends, because we freaking love, love these things. <laughs> <laughs> but sticking with Star Wars here, and we know Rise of Skywalker is coming. It's, yeah. it's heating up. We are into July already. Mm-hmm. We're less than six months away from this film. Yes. From the end of the Skywalker saga. And we haven't got much news since that Vanity Fair cover. No new trailer. No new big reveals. Mm-hmm. That's coming, though. We got Force Friday 3 coming here, I believe, in October. Mm-hmm. So Countdown towards that big. And that's probably a good reason why we haven't seen many of the Black Series. Yes. Everyone's drying up waiting for that restock. But that's mm-hmm. a ways away yet. I'm hoping to get a couple of ways before there. 
But The Rise of Skywalker, the name that you and I had real problem <laughs> actually saying at the onset, has gotten a translation into both Japanese and Polish. <clears throat> now, if you remember back to The Last Jedi, when they were doing the international translations, seeing the international posters, the English translations ended up pluralizing the Jedi on the foreign translation. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a loop of translations here. And that you know brought up a whole bunch of speculation as to... The Last Jedi, is it plural, we are asking? And Matt said, yeah, maybe it is plural. Mm -hmm. A whole bunch of debate around that. It yeah. turned out to not really be The Last Jedi, right. but kind of The Last Jedi. It depends on your perspective, your yeah, point of view. Point really. of view, yeah. <laughs> That's all Star Wars. <laughs> but The Rise of Skywalker has got two very different translations. The first one being into Japanese, which translates back into Dawn of Skywalker. Oh. Which, Dawn is a very familiar word mm -hmm. in Star Wars titles. Mm -hmm. And the second is Skywalker Resurrection. That's in Polish. Hmm. Now, my personal opinion on these two titles is that the way the loop of translation works is just not direct translations of Rise of Skywalker. They've substituted a word like Dawn mm -hmm. for Rise. Maybe there's not a direct related word in Japanese that directly translates Rise to Rise. And same with Skywalker Resurrection. But <clears throat> this is enough of a furious speculation as to what it could mean. Mm -hmm. Dawn of Skywalker... And Skywalker Resurrection, that's a bit more on the nose. Yeah. But what do you think of Dawn of Skywalker? I love that title. I'm a <laughs> sucker for Dawn of Planet of the Apes. Dawn yeah. of the Apes, you know. Um, I think that's really cool. Uh, it sounds like something that probably someone amongst the uh, the Commonwealth group probably came oh, up with. Oh, definitely. You know. But um, I like that one. I don't feel the Resurrection because it just feels like an alien title. It feels like a, a Star Trek yeah. title. But Dawn, there's so much that uh, you could pick at. Oh, yeah. With that, you know, like like the theory that you've been backing that the, the new wave of Jedi are the Skywalkers. So it's the dawn, the rise of that. Yeah. Right? So I'm, I'm still cool. full on for that theory. Yeah. You know, I know some people don't like it, yeah. but to me, it just feels like a J.J. Abrams thing. Yeah. Like it just feels like a nice way to honor the legacy of the Skywalkers. Right. And kind of break down what are the Sith and the Jedi. Mm -hmm. And because I think we're really getting kind of away from that. Yeah, because we haven't had any mention of the Sith. None at all. Yeah, which by rights we shouldn't. Because I mean, I guess the prophecy was Anakin Vader yeah. to end that. So I guess that makes sense. Um, so yeah, and I guess that would kind of be bringing honor to like the Chosen One, Anakin and yeah. Luke and Leia. The whole legacy. Honor, of the whole it, yeah. legacy. Yeah. yeah. And so that you could have the name Skywalkers in a 30 plus year forward running movie yeah. and it's not necessarily that so i just the end of the skywalker saga right to me i always had to pinged as the legacy of the force was right. going to be the title of episode nine mm -hmm. legacy being kind of throwing back to this you know this huge saga that we've just seen with these characters and the focal points being anakin and luke yes and it just made sense to me and so when i hear this i know it's a weird translation it means absolutely nothing of course yeah. but at the end of the day like it's to me dawn and rise yeah. like yeah, sure. I, I, I can get behind that. Now, this resurrection one is a bit funny. And again, I think it's just a funny translation. Yeah. But speculation is running rampant that that meant that Luke Skywalker himself was going to find a way through the Force to physically mm. resurrect himself. Yeah. So this a new Force trick introduced where actually, you know, maybe he did find a way to prevent death through the Force. Wow. Which, you know, I don't think I'd be totally against. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Um. You know that if Luke could go further beyond than just a Force ghost, yeah, and kind of finishing what Palpatine's always kind of poked—that you know the resurrection, going back to Palpatine and Plagueis—and Anakin was obviously intrigued by that whole aspect of 
using the force to bring life or preserve life with his mom and obviously Padme. So yeah. if Luke is the one to do it, I mean, if anyone could do it, I think it would be only right for either Luke or Palpatine, obviously. Well, that's what's crazy, having both of them in there. And yeah. we saw in The Last Jedi that a Force ghost yeah. can impact the physical world. Because mm-hmm. we saw Yoda, you know, pull down that lightning bolt. Right. And, and Obi-Wan sit on a, a log. I guess, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> true. So it's not completely unprecedented. Mm-hmm. But I, it, that would be crazy. That would be. Because I guess, to me, is if Palpatine comes back in some physical form... Mm-hmm. Does that pave the way for Luke to come back in some physical form, or is that too much? You know, that was one of the things I was hammering on about about you know Anakin and Luke mm-hmm. and even the Emperor yeah. coming back in any sort of physical form. That diverts a lot of attention away from who are who the main characters of this franchise are, mm-hmm. being Ray, Finn, and Poe. Right. And so you spend a whole bunch of time doing all that. Like I guess you can snap your fingers and say, hey force we're good and doesn't take much explanation yeah but then who becomes the focal point of the film yeah you know i think it's it depends how you handle it i mean granted this is a movie i was going to compare it to uh to rebels so for me um you have rebels and you have clone wars and clone wars the the big three is basically ahsoka obi-wan and anakin when we transition to rebels it's Hera, um um, ezra and kanan right but when they throw in ahsoka every now and then it's it's She's awesome and she's cool, but she doesn't necessarily take away from the story of those guys. So if you could kind of work it the same way where it's like you give Luke the Ahsoka treatment through Rebels. Granted, though, it is a movie, not a TV series. So it would be a little more challenging to do so. But if you could kind of do that kind of stuff, then I'm totally in for it. Because I do feel there's some unfinished stuff going on with Luke. It it, it comes across that way. Mm -hmm. And when we looked at that Vanity Fair pictures and all that, there's an image of him there in his Last Jedi you know, hair, beard, and all that. uh, R2, right? With R2, which to me is a new scene. Yes. And now whether they just didn't put the blue hue around him, it's, you know, without CGI, they filmed this, and then they just kind of give him that, that, almost that filter. Right. And they just didn't do that. That's completely plausible. Mm -hmm. But it could also be that he's rising some physical form. I'm still not sure how I feel about that. Mm Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, as long as it makes sense for the story, right, and they do it in a way that also makes sense within the context of the story, mm-hmm. I'm cool with it. Well, well what if, even because we all assume that Luke just did die at yeah. the end of uh, Last Jedi, like what if he actually just didn't? Like, so it's not even him going beyond this new Force power. It's just the fact that he actually just didn't yeah. die. Like something else happened. I don't, I don't know. know. Like yeah. it's it's you know his body disappeared. Yeah. So that was kind of the impression. If you read the comic book. A voice says something. Yeah, he does say that it's basically the end. Yeah, Uh, but you know, becoming one with the force was the assumption of that. Mm -hmm. But you know, can he manipulate in a different way? I I don't know. There's so many possibilities with this, and I know this title doesn't mean a whole bunch, but it does spur some of these ideas and this conversation around what Luke's involvement in the Last Jedi is going to be. And you know, even talking about big three and focal points, I forgot about Kylo. Right? Of course, yeah. <laughs> you know, big three on you know the good side in air quotes, but yeah, Kylo, Kylo Ray, that is the yin yang, that is the focal point of this film, mm-hmm. and I don't know how much they can do with the other two. Yeah, we'll yeah, see. That's though. true. It's true. It has me intrigued because it's so easy to just think. Okay, we all assumed. Okay, Luke comes back, Force Ghost, easy. He yeah. says, "See you around, kid." Right. Yeah. So the whole audience just assumes we're going to see him as a Force Ghost. But what if they're just spinning on top of everyone's head and just like, no, we're hitting you with something completely different? And I mean, again, if someone could do it, it's it's a JJ. I mean, I'm down. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, there's nothing about this. There's no part of this film other than 
what I want is a nice conclusion to the story. Yeah. And I'm still not a fan of Ben Solo of Kylo Redemption. Yeah. What, what, what do you think? 50% I, chance? 60, 80? What do, what do you think is going to, on with that? For this story, for if you look at Star Wars, mm-hmm. it makes sense that he is redeemed. Yeah, that poetry repeats itself, right? Exactly. Yeah. But I would also like to see it not go that direction. Yeah. I would like to, again, turn Star Wars on its head a little yes. bit and have him just basically like this whole thing blow up in his face mm-hmm. and him go down in a streaming screaming ball of flame yeah yeah like Helping it's it, yeah exactly <laughs> it sounds morbid and it's you know maybe not the essence of the star wars narrative mm-hmm. but let's just start, like we're ending this right yeah. like to me to end the skywalkers you have to end ben solo yeah that bloodline has to end. Yeah. And, that, and Leia, in my opinion, is also going to pass in this film. Probably, yeah. But that bloodline has to end in some fashion. Mm-hmm. And then the honoring goes to calling the Force Users of Skywalkers. Mm-hmm. Again, this is my own headcanon. Yeah. I'm not stuck to this. Yeah. Let, let's yeah. be clear, guys, because I'm not going to walk into this movie and if Ben Solo is redeemed, I'm not going to stand up and spit and <laughs> get all fired up about it online. Like, I'm not that attached yeah. to my own personal headcanon. I'm just thinking base. what makes sense and I kind of want things to be upside down in Star Wars <laughs> yeah. for a little bit and kind of them properly end. I, I don't know if I want everyone high-fiving at the end. Yeah. Standing around with Ewoks. Because yeah, you know we got I mean? <laughs> for the Jedi, yeah. <laughs> so I I don't know. It's <clears throat> it's pure speculation at yeah. this point. And I think no matter what we talk about, no matter what we speculate, no matter what we want mm-hmm. or think the franchise needs, mm-hmm. it's never going to be that. No. no. <laughs> you know, these guys get paid a lot of money. These yeah. guys are, are creative geniuses. Yeah. And they spend a lot of time crafting this universe. And I think they're going to execute in a big way. Definitely. Yeah. So I'm super excited for this. December cannot come mm-hmm. soon enough. It's going to be a crazy time in podcasting. Crazy oh, time in Star Wars fandom. And I just really hope, I just, fingers <laughs> crossed, that the Band-Aid is on. Yeah. And when that Band-Aid comes off, it's nice and healed underneath. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That being said, let, yeah. let's let's talk some MCU here oh, you know, nice. as we roll into Spider-Man. But we got to take one quick stop here off yeah. at Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. So, Marvel Studios officially released a statement about the re-release of Avengers Endgame. This is winding down its theatrical run. It is in very few theaters now. It's still pulling in about $2 million a week, which is quite impressive for a film that's been in theaters since the end of April. Biggest film, I'm going to say this right now, biggest film of all time. There we go. And we'll get into why it is the biggest film of all time in just a second here. But Marvel, the statement they released with regards to this re-release, which is happening this weekend, guys. The weekend before Spider-Man Far From Home, looking for that Captain Marvel bump the same Mm -hmm. way it got for the release of Avengers Endgame. And they're also, I think, hunting for the true record here that is overcoming Avatar, the worldwide box office. Yes. So this is coming from them. There's lots of rumors around, you know, more footage, what it's going to be. Is it going to be some form of deleted scene are they adding new footage new stinger whatever this is what it's going to be fans who buy a movie ticket will receive this exclusive avengers art available in select theaters and until supplies run out this is beautiful we love you 3000 poster it's got the iron man gauntlet you know it's a beautiful drawing but to me it's a we love you 3000 very reminiscent Mm -hmm. of the i am Groot. we are Groot. yes and i think it's marvel studios you know expressing their love for fandom so cool as they should Mm -hmm. because they've done an incredible job and fandom in itself has just been a a pleasure to be a part of in the mcu and they will also be treated to a video introduction by director anthony russo in an unfinished deleted scene from the film and it'll be a chance for fans to get the head start on the upcoming marvel studio spider-man far from home via special sneak peek oh. 
So this isn't six minutes to new footage. Mm-hmm. This isn't you know major deleted scenes. This is one unfinished scene. I don't know where it's going to be, mm-hmm. what it's going to be, if it's going to feel really odd and out of place in the film. Right. If it's going to be a stinger at the mm-hmm. end of the film, and they just show us this deleted scene. Not a whole bunch here. Is this going to drive you back into the theater, see Endgame one more time before it leaves? Give it that last little bit of support. It will, is this just for the weekend? Only? Apparently, yeah. Oh, man. See, it's a tough weekend yeah. to make. That's the thing. Because I wanted to see this movie regardless, even before I even heard this news. Yeah. So I definitely want to do it. I just don't know if I'll be able to commit to it this weekend. That's the problem. we got Four From Home next week. Yeah. And we only get so many free passes to see films. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard enough just getting there uh, for the second time yeah so uh third time i don't know but um i really like this move i think this is great you know a lot of people argue the fact that could they at least just spread this time from the initial may release or april release further down much like avatar but i feel like no because you're also increasing the bump you're getting a bump for endgame but you're also increasing the value the box office for obviously for homecoming yes or far from home for sure so it, it makes sense what they're doing here and um they're giving us a little bit more there, there's been some complaints too about like the whole um battle going on here between avatar but i mean it's fine. We got Deadpool doing the same thing before. Yeah. We've had uh, Batman vs Superman, and and I like it. I mean, you don't have to see it. Well, that's you, the thing, <laughs> guys. If you, you don't have to go to the movie theater. Yeah. Like bottom line. Yeah. Like no right. one, you don't have to go. <laughs> exactly. And you know, some people are complaining that it wasn't enough footage, whatever. Mm-hmm. To me, it is one of the greatest cinematic experiences Ever. of all time. I, yeah. And so you don't go for an extra couple minutes. You'll get the deleted scenes, whatever. On the, it's going to come out on Blu-ray, Steelbook, yeah. Blu-ray in like a month and a half. Exactly, yeah. And so wait on it and get the deleted scenes then. Yeah. This is about going back and re-experiencing and getting that hype ready for Spider-Man Far From yes. Home. Now, you're mentioning this this record here and them chasing it. This is mm-hmm. We made mention of this weeks and weeks back when we said, okay, we're done talking about the box office for a little bit because it was just kind of slowly rolling up. And... You know, I said they're going to leave this in theaters or re-release it and yeah. beat this record no matter what. Yes. And so people say it's kind of cheating, <laughs> but it's not. No. Because there was a very major milestone that Endgame crossed this past weekend. Now, if you look at Avatar's original release worldwide, it made $2.749 billion on its original release. Now, this was in theaters forever. End of 2009 until like mid 2010 yeah and then they re-released it in august of 2010 Mm -hmm. and in that re-release it made about 30 million dollars 35 million dollars worldwide wow which added to what is now the record holding 2.787 billion Mm dollars worldwide so avatar has built into it a re-release in a 35 or so million dollar bump now avengers endgame just passed this weekend so remember 2.749 2.749 was the original theatrical run of Avatar. Mm-hmm. Avengers Endgame now stands at $2.751 billion. So it surpassed that. So Avengers Endgame is now officially the biggest film of all time mm-hmm. with its initial release and theater- theatrical run. Yeah. Now Avatar still has that title because of the bump it got. Mm-hmm. And so Endgame is chasing that a little bit, I think, this weekend. It may not get that full $30 million globally. It might. Yeah. But it might humble opinion if it doesn't they will re-release this thing in the fall yeah <laughs> maybe because it could also get the re-release uh, much like black panther for the oscar buzz exactly robert downey jr's performance right 100 yeah so i love that they're chasing yeah. that that yeah. title and i don't think they're gonna stop until it's one dollar pass it <laughs> like they want this to be they want a commercial that says yeah. the biggest film yeah. of all time yeah 
stamp it. Like they yeah. want to put that. Like I would even doubt if they're gonna delay the release of the Blu-ray so they can slap that on the front of it. <laughs> like to if this were me, I would be doing the exact same yeah. thing. I would just leave it and let it linger because it's gonna get there. It's, it's th- so close. Too. Right now, it is the difference is like thirty million dollars. Yeah, or so. And it's so darn close. And and so is the original theatrical cut still gonna be playing in theaters? Because it's still in some screens. Isn't it, it is, yeah. It made like right. two million dollars or something domestically this right. weekend. Right. So, so even after this other one plays, will we still have the original lingering around? I think so. Yeah. I don't know if local theaters still have it because you can get into some of the smaller theaters like here locally, the Globe yeah. and the one in Kensington will likely still have a film like that. Yeah. Because they get it quite late. Right. It is theatrical run because it's cheaper for them. Yeah. But. And does does this actually? Well, it did pass it, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, it passed it in its original run without this re-release, because this, I guess, technically is now re-release territory because there's additional footage. It's yes. not the it's not the same cut. Yeah, um, and that I guess that depends if that deleted scenes jammed into the film or, or if it's a end. stinger. Okay. So yeah. we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I'm I'm likely not going to be able to make it to the theater to watch this, yeah. which is kind of disappointing. But at the end of the day, like I said. It's gonna. It's either gonna come out again, or we're gonna get a Blu-ray. Like Sanjay's That's already true. got the pre-order for us. <laughs> yeah, because the Blu-ray also is, t- is taken into the box office as well, isn't it? it it's its own thing. It's a, oh, it's a separate. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. its own thing. It's kind of like, and Sanjay's the one that keeps tabs on. Yeah, all he this. knows all about that stuff. <laughs> He's a physical media. He wants to make sure that there's still money coming in, so he still can maintain that humongous hobby. <laughs> so it's it's ah, it's crazy to watch this, and I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing what the end of the weekend brings. Oh man, for Avengers Endgame Bananas. becoming the biggest film of all of time. all time. That's I crazy. want. I, I, I want that for them. <laughs> Me, it seems, right it, it seems ridiculous sharing on to do they just made two and a half billion dollars, but get over that, that extra $30 million hump. It, so close. Yeah. I mean, if this movie doesn't do it, I don't see any other movie doing it. There's that. no movie ever that no, will pass it. Like, no. there's there's no... To me, this was such a, a cultural phenomenon yeah. and the build to this that there's no way any film will ever pass either of these two films. Like, yeah. even The Rise of Skywalker, I don't think... It might do over two, two billion. Yeah. But it's not going to touch either of these films. Yeah. yeah like, if The Force Awakens couldn't do it, no way. Yeah. That's yeah, tough. Yeah. Tough. Man. <laughs> All right. Let's get into some of uh, your dude, Spider Man yeah, here. Do this. We talked about last week this countdown they're doing, mm-hmm. you know, four, three, two, one. Yeah. With the spider webs. We knew something was coming. We kind of threw some predictions on the table. <clears throat> it was going to be, we were all wrong. And <laughs> yeah. we kind of predicted that we we're all going to be wrong. <laughs> and they did release what this secret was. It is now out. This September, J.J. Abrams and Henry Abrams, his, I guess, 15-year-old son or so? Yeah, it looks exactly like J.J. Yeah, it does. You have the glasses and all. <laughs> so they're teaming up with Sarah Pacelli. Oh, my girl. Come yeah. Come on. Oh. Come on to do a Spider-Man miniseries featuring mm-hmm. a deadly new villain called Cadaverist, I think right. was the mm-hmm. name. Yeah. That's what J.J. said. We got some, you know, it looks like he's a cloaked individual, mm-hmm. beady red eyes. You yeah. can see from the cover art and all that. What did you think of this reveal? So there's a bit of, you know, kickback that, yeah. you know, they built this up to be something huge. Yeah. And we talked about the speculation last week. Personally, I think sometimes we put too much into this. Yeah. This is, you know, we talk, we speculate. Oh, yeah. But were you disappointed with this? Did you no, love this? No, not at all. Look, I love this, man. Like, I've been reading comics for, for a minute, and I have so much love when I read these books. You know, we had that awesome experience with Endgame, but... That's the kind of stuff I get every time I read like uh, a Secret Wars 2015 yes. or a cool Spider-Man title or Hickman's Run on Avengers. Like that's what I get out of a comic book. So if you're gonna bring in a big name like J.J. Abrams, oh. who I truly admire, and then one of the, the best artists out there, Sarah, Sarah Pacelli, of course I'm gonna be jumping up and down for this. I, I'm so thrilled. I can't wait. And like I like this approach that they're doing. You know, having someone like 
a big time director come along and write a comic book like with his son nonetheless. with his son as well henry and it's cool i mean we've had it before with uh joss whedon obviously doing yep. his take on astonishing x-men which was fantastic and then he went on to do avengers but i feel like now we're kind of switching the ties a little bit where we're promoting the fact that we have a new comic book going on it may be in continuity it may not be maybe it's own original thing but we're going to have like big a-listers writing these books and um i think that's a really cool avenue to travel because it's it's much like when you go back to um 70s the 80s even you'd have trained voice actors doing these cartoon movies you're yeah. like yeah that's cool but then later on you got robin williams doing the genie and there's another avenue like mark wait hamill a second doing the joker. mark hamill doing the joker we can get these big time actors doing these cartoon films so why not do it with like this medium media which is a comic book with a writer director jj abrams i i totally love this and i'd like to see this going into the future there's another um writer director out there that's done the same thing i won't mention his name with what's been going on but i do like the fact (laughs) i do i really do like what they're doing here and i'm I'm totally thrilled i mean i love spider-man jj seems like he's a big fan of the character he did have a cool take i believe on a superman flyby movie he is meant to do so he loves uh, superheroes, and his son seems right into it. So, man, I can't wait. Day one purchase. Yeah. I might even buy the trade after I get the single issues. I'm down. You know, yeah. I'm not. I don't read any Spider-Man in continuity. Mm-hmm. I don't pull any Spider-Man books. Miniseries intrigues me. J.J. Yeah. Abrams and his son intrigues me. Sarah Pacelli, ha, oh. she is just something else. Fire. So, yeah, I, I love this. Yeah. And when I look at when I look at the countdown and all this, and yeah, it was cool. It was fun. Yeah. And I like seeing, I agree with you. I like seeing J.J. Abrams on this side of it. Yeah. On the writing side. Like, he's Mr. Mystery Box, yeah. you know, big time writer in Hollywood and all that. But for him to contribute to something like this with his son, like, that's incredible. So cool. It's it's, it's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I dig this and I'm down. And, yeah, having a, a young guy write Spider-Man. Yeah. Perfect. That's cool. Yeah, contribute to age. that voice. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. And just to see, like, could you imagine more and more directors doing this kind of stuff? With comic books, like this is another way to get people reading comic books. Like we should all be thrilled about this. Yes, so. it's yeah, it's it's awesome. It's yeah. you know huge props to what they're doing over there, and yeah, you know it doesn't matter. Yeah, like it's it's something cool, something different. Yeah, you know. So I love this. I fully agree. Fully on board with this. And nice. This is gonna be. I'm definitely getting issue number one. One hundred percent. Yeah. Is this to me feels like almost an event style of release for yeah. Spider Man and a contained miniseries. I don't know if they said how long it is. My guess would be about six issues. Six issues probably. Yeah, yeah. to fit into nicely into a trade. Mm-hmm. Forwarded by J.J. Abrams, probably. Yeah. You know, telling his love, and maybe someday we'll see him in the comic book universe, actually directing films. That'd be cool. Well, that'd be cool. Well, he just signed a big deal with WB, a five hundred million dollar deal, I believe, Oof. with WB. So Oof. I'm Look sure we'll DC. see <laughs> some DC properties. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sticking with your man. Yeah, Spider Man. Spider-Man in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Now, before we get into the prelude for Far From Home, we're just going to talk a little bit about the impact and implications for having Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If we go back all the way to 2008, mm-hmm. they had just collected enough characters to create a skeleton for what could be an eventual crossover to Avengers, you know, with Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, and an Incredible Hulk. Yes. You know, they got the core there and adding in Black Widow, which is brilliant. Hawkeye, we've got our five Avengers, the original cinematic Avengers. And to think that a property like Spider-Man, who at that time had franchises running, rebooted, and then had another franchise die. Crazy. And then we get Spider-Man at some point entering the MCU in 2016 with Civil War. It's incredible to me to look back at the history of the MCU and see 
where they had basically given a whole bunch of characters as collateral to Merrill Lynch and said, we're going to make movies for ourselves. No longer license out property. <clears throat> Spider-Man was licensed out to Sony. <clears throat> X-Men were licensed out to Fox. Didn't have access to these characters, so they went to what they had. And now to have Spider-Man inserted into that established universe and being not the biggest player, yeah. too, in that universe, mm-hmm. it was huge at the time. This was only a couple years ago. Like, do you yeah. remember? We were doing the podcast when oh. this happened. You know, when we reviewed Civil War, it's one of our early episodes. Yeah. But just remember seeing that first trailer oh, where Spider-Man lands, God. has the shield, yeah. and says, hey, guys. Yeah, hey, everyone. Hey, everyone, yeah. Oh, man. It's it's crazy. Yeah. And, like, looking at this deal that Sony had with Marvel, unprecedented. Yeah. You remember those Sony leaks? We talked about them a lot on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, 21 Jump Street and Men in Black. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All this weird stuff. <laughs> and what came out of this was the fact that Marvel and Sony had been talking in some capacity about intellectual property and sharing intellectual property, which is pretty crazy. You think like Marvel studios basically farmed out, sold out the intellectual property for Spider-Man in film to Sony. Sony had free reign on that intellectual property. They just paid a fee or whatever, some contract that went for God only knows how long. Mm-hmm. And then for them to come back and say, actually, we want to give you back that intellectual property, give you creative control, but we're still going to fund and make all the money. Yeah. <laughs> it's That's how this is set up, yeah. is that Sony is essentially funding it, mm-hmm. they are distributing it, mm-hmm. and they're making all the money. Yeah. I think I think Marvel gets the merchandise. They though. do. They yeah. The all merchandise. the merchandise. Yeah, so they never like sold the... off the merchandising rights. Yeah. And they're like the creative consultant yeah, in some ways. Yeah. They're basically the creative leads. Yeah. Exactly. And you can, you can feel that in the films. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> like these are MCU films both tonally yeah. the way they've casted the way they've, they've put in directors villains all this yes the way they structure this is pure mcu pure mm-hmm. feige and company yeah now with that original deal came five spider-man appearances in mcu films which included civil war mm-hmm. cameo homecoming and a sequel so two spider-man standalones as well as the two appearances in infinity war and endgame mm-hmm. so that gives you our five so far from home is technically the last film in this original Sony deal. Right. Now, you've heard a bit of rumors that maybe we're getting up to nine pictures yeah, now, which yeah. could mean a trilogy plus maybe an appearance in a new Avengers film. I'm thinking so. Taking yeah. the lead. Yes. There, 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 it's, there's some foreshadowing going on there with the Iron Man stuff. And, and I guess if you want to, I mean... In theory, you can count his first appearance in Iron Man 2. That kid with the Iron Man helmet is... Did they actually retcon that back? I believe it was... I think it's even Feige. But yeah. someone came out from Marvel Studios saying like, that is... Like, yeah, sure, we'll run with it. That's like, a that's, cool It's a cool link because yeah. of his link with Iron Man. With and Iron that. Man, yeah, yeah. He looks up to him. So, I mean, I'll take it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, five appearances in three years. Since wow. 2000. It's, it's an incredible feat. Yeah. Um, outside of Iron Man and Captain America, it's probably the most appearances you see by a single character. Yeah. In the MCU, in that time from that quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got you know multiple appearances by Thor and all these guys, but this character has made quite an impact. You know, got a, a follow up sequel almost immediately at the gates. We have yet yeah. to see a Doctor Strange sequel, which yeah. came out before Spider Man from Homecoming. That's right. You know, we do have the announcement of Black Panther and all that. All these are coming, but this has taken a big amount of time an effort from Marvel Studios to get the focus back on Spider-Man. Yeah. Now, impacts here of this character. You're a big Spider-Man oh, guy. Yeah. Do you remember what it was like when we were first talking on the podcast about Spider-Man's coming to the MCU? This is yeah. official. It was on, then it was off. Then it was on, then it was off. <laughs> and then it was official. The Russos had yeah. control of Spider-Man. Let, let, give some insight back into that. that it would have been 2015 
early 2016 yeah. when we're getting some insight that spider-man was coming back to marvel studios inserting himself into what was at that time an mcu that was firing on all cylinders it yeah. was a little different than it is now because the mcu right now is a juggernaut oh yeah in the film industry as far as the stories they're doing the narrative they're crafting yeah, and the money they're pumping exactly yeah. in 2016 we're we're seeing a big crossover in civil war yeah um a big changing point this is all post winter soldier that's the right. 2014 was when we went from there's some great stuff in phase one but 14 was when we got winter soldier and guardians this was to yes. me the big pivot point in the universe yeah game changer yes and then a year or so later we're hearing about spider-man coming into this universe that's like this right. had to have been crazy for you yeah this is bananas especially because i mean reading comics um you know spider-man and the avengers captain america iron man it goes hand in hand you know he looks up to these characters all throughout the stories and um i remember going back to I think it was Amazing Spider-Man 1 or 2, but there was rumors. There was rumors that the Avengers Tower was going to be in yeah, the movie. Or Oscorp Tower was going to be in the Avengers. One of those two was going to yeah. cross over. And I was totally hyped because I've always wanted these characters to uh, cross over. More so than the X-Men and more so than Fantastic yeah. Four. And nothing happened. It was shut down. But there was always a relationship kind of between Amy Pascal and um, Kevin, Feige. Kevin Feige, obviously. Especially because they've both produced a couple of films yeah. together in the past. So never happened. But then obviously we got the bombshell, which was Amazing Spider-Man 2. And that's what started putting the gears in motions for them to collide together and make this uh, collaborative effort work. Yeah. And I remember the leaks going down. And then the, we were talking about they had two scripts for Civil War. There was one with Black Panther yeah. with more focus on him. Yeah. And there was one if they could put in Spider-Man and Peter Parker. And I just remember the time, yeah, cool, blown away. But it's just like... Nobody knew if it was still going to be an Andrew Garfield crossing mm -hmm. over or if we're just going to all new original young uh, Spider-Man. So just the theorizing behind everything was so cool. We didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know for sure that Toby was out. Like yeah. we had a pretty, we were pretty clear he wasn't coming back, but we didn't know if it was going to be Andrew or someone new. And then we did find out they're going all new. And then there was the casting. There was Tom Holland. There was. Um, uh edgerton uh what's his name yeah. Ter terror terran edgerton yeah from the kingsman and then there was another young actor that had that movie with uh harrison ford that sci-fi one can't remember the character's name or the actor's name but it went to tom holland and I, honestly i was the one that wasn't actually on board i, I saw the character or the actor and i was like Didn't that movie mud uh, no, no that's cyclops Cy okay yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and ready player one but yeah, i yeah. think he might have actually been in the writing too he might have yeah. been I don't know. I can't yeah, remember. He might have been. But I remember I wasn't sold on Tom Holland. Well, he comes from like a gymnast acrobatic background. Yeah, and, and Broadway. Broadway, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, at this time, it's about 2014, 15. I'm reading Dan Slott's Spider-Man, and I'm still used to an older yeah. Spider-Man. I'm still a believer that you could have a college kid come in as opposed to high school, because we've seen it two times before. But they really went young. And mm -hmm. Tom Holland, even to this day, he's 22, and he still looks like he could be a 17-year-old oh, yeah. kid. Um, never mind the whole five-year kind of stuff going yeah. on there. So, yeah, all around. But the big thing, I was at Toys R Us. Uh, the trailer dropped. I think you, because you're my dude. You always let me know when the trailers drop. <laughs> I was at Toys R Us, and trailer dropped, stopped my car, put it on my phone, and I was just blown away. Because he doesn't pop up right away. He comes in at pretty close towards it's the end of the trailer. It's the stinger on the trailer. It's the stinger, and he comes down with the shield. He's holding Cap's shield, yeah. which just became instantly iconic. Yeah. And he goes, hey, everyone. The voice was nailed. The eyes went from, like, Begley to Dicko. Yeah, Dicko eyes. <laughs> Dicko eyes, which yeah. blew my mind because we never had Spider-Man's eyes move in no. cinema before. Um, so that was just game-changing. The costume looked right to me. I know some people kind of had their feels about it. I loved it. Um 
yeah, man, that then history is made. History is made yeah. and never looked back since. I know people have their complaints about too much Iron Man. I don't care because I've always wanted to see Spider-Man interact with the MCU characters because that's where he belongs. And it just makes sense to me. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Yeah. I lo- I've loved every aspect, both the Spider-Man and the Peter Parker stuff yes. from Tom Holland. It is, he's a very charming guy on yeah. screen. It's, uh, to me, a necessity in the MCU. Because mm-hmm. you look, this is the first teenage character, mm-hmm. superhero, yeah. I should say, that we have in this universe. And it's nice, it's refreshing, this John Hughes-esque tone of course. that we see in these films. Again, it's extremely charming is yeah. the word I it always comes to mind comes to the, the tip of my mouth yeah when I'm watching these films and Far From Home apparently just pulls that you know, oh. right through it very excited about that and yeah I love the Iron Man being in this yeah because to me in the absence of a true Uncle Ben moment mm-hmm. this Tony Stark thing is another another pivotal point for that character yeah and I like him having that that mentor it made sense to me and what they're gonna do with the emotional arc of Peter Parker in Far From Home? At least I believe they're gonna do. Yeah. You know, you know, leveraging on that whole Tony Stark idea, it's something else. And the way that they've been able to ingrain this character in the MCU in such a rapid way. Mm-hmm. You know, even going back to Homecoming, where they start in Avengers, they yeah. start in 2012, yeah. and they tie it to that tech. Mm-hmm. So this is inherent link between Spider-Man, the universe that yes. they crafted. And the wider MCU, they did it instantaneously. Like the character was always there. Yeah, it never felt out of place or shoehorned in. Like, never. oh, Spider Man's here. Don't worry about it. Right. Know? They didn't go back and say he was at the Battle of New York, just in the background. Exactly. And a lot of people thought that's what they're going to yeah. do. Yeah. And yeah. so I've loved everything they've done with it, mm-hmm. even with regards to the villains. We've seen oh. a lot of villains already in this Spider-Man universe yep. with regards to Scorpion, the Vulture, Shocker. Yeah. Tinkerer. Tinkerer. Yeah. we got the Prowler tease. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, um, uh, Alan Davis, obviously, yeah. too. And then we've had two Shockers, I guess. Yes. Right? Yeah. And so they've built up a lot here, but it doesn't feel over stuff. No. You know, we're going to see a, a new crazy villain here in Far From Home in Mysterio. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, for me, given what, all this is and then you layer up him being included in infinity war and endgame yeah oh, do you know my my favorite moment coming out of any spider-man appearance mm-hmm. comes in infinity war oh yeah it's when he catches yes yes the what did the black dwarf call obsidian's hammer yeah and he just pokes around yeah beside it and says you know yeah, who's mr. this guy mr stark yeah, yeah. Mr. Stark. <laughs> that to me there's so much innocence that comes off that but I remember sitting in the theater and having the, this this reaction, being like, yeah. "Wow, we are in one of the ultimate crossovers." Yeah, Spider Man just showed up like that. Yeah, that, that that's a, that's a splash page. That's yes. a comic book, right? Like and him just... just poking out because you didn't see you didn't see him behind the hammer. No, you see it stop. Yeah, and then he pokes like yeah. That to me is <sighs> such like yes. Yeah. The shield is a great moment, but mm-hmm. that moment for me. Yeah. is my favorite. Do you have Love a favorite it. moment of Spider-Man in the MCU? Oh, it, it's tough. There, there's honestly, there's so many. Uh, the Shield's one of them. I love that moment. I Actually, that's one of my favorite moments in Infinity War is that whole battle on New York. Yeah. Um, I remember, obviously, when we watched the Endgame and just seeing Spider-Man web-swinging when he was resurrected. The crowd that, reaction? The crowd went nuts. Yeah, that was one was, of the bigger reactions. Yeah, that was uh, that was so cool. I love his uh, boat scene in Far... Or, 
Homecoming. Yeah. I think that's great. I also like when he's uh, changed in the back alley. I love seeing yeah. uh, Peter Parker in and out of costume and just seeing him throw on that costume. And that's great. It's modernized. You know, he presses the button and it, it tightens up. But mm-hmm. I think that's so cool. Yeah. It's great because that technology is used by Tony Stark, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> he has the thing where he zips in his suit. Yeah. Tightens up. Yeah. 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 That's great. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. And that builds so much hype for me for what Far From Home could be. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's going to diverge quite a bit mm-hmm. in some capacity from what we've seen in Spider-Man. It feels a bit bigger yeah. than Homecoming and not nearly as big as Endgame. <laughs> yeah. But it looks like they're taking Spider-Man to the next level, which yes. really excites me. And oh, when yeah. we look at you know kind of kicking off the prelude here to Far From Home... The early reactions for the film are overwhelmingly positive. There's a few kind of negative Nancys out there yeah. and all that, but when you look at generically the reactions on Twitter on that, lots of humor. Like I said, it carries this John Hughes yeah. tone through the film. We get that teenage vibe, you yeah. know, that awkwardness and all that's built into here apparently. Nice. Good emotional arc for Peter Parker. Holland and Jake Gyllenhaal, they're saying both absolutely nail the roles. Wicked. And this Mysterio Jake Gyllenhaal, I've got now that I'm hearing that he absolutely like hammers this role down, yeah. Because when you look, he looks con- like the suit looks great, yeah. But it's a guy with a fishbowl on his head, <laughs> in a in a very you know when we first saw the set photos, we're like, is that Liam Hemsworth? Yeah, exactly. Because it's very Thor Asgardian yeah. armor. It looks like almost, and yeah. so that could translate really bad. But it doesn't apparently, yeah. and him acting in this is is just apparently awesome yeah i've heard the second half of this film is incredible you know no spoilers or anything right there mm-hmm. but say the first half is very homecoming and the second yeah. half is like unbelievable wow. spider-man action oh so exciting and apparently stinger is something else oh man that end credit scene yeah let's go <laughs> oh gotta see this movie right away oh so excited it, so excited for yeah. this so the reactions just amp up that hype you mm-hmm. know to the next level here i'm on 11 for this film. yeah man now, let's talk box office. We always like nice. to make our predictions. You know, yeah. this is a big contributor to your winning score. <laughs> yeah, the three M's. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is it. Because uh, it appears that Troy has run away with the Golden Spider-Man box office fantasy pool trophy again this year. I owe Rob Cass $50 because of this. I was very calm. Toy Story debuted decently. It did really well. You know, a lot of people are, like, disappointed. I'm like, you're crazy. Like, yeah. it did 118, 120? 120 something. That's incredible. But the thing is, a lot of people are comparing it to Incredibles, which did 160. Yeah. Which is the biggest animated opening of all time. Yeah. And I, in my opinion, I haven't seen Toy Story 3. I bet you it's better than Incredibles 2. <laughs> yeah, because I really like Toy Story. I actually think yeah. it's, it's my favorite one. Toy yeah, Story or 3. Toy Story 4. Sorry. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I, you, you bet Toy Story 4 I bet 4 Toy is Story better. 4 is better than Incredibles 2. Probably. I didn't love Incredibles 2. I wasn't up and down with it. No. A lot of people loved Incredibles 2, yeah. and I was actually kind of underwhelmed. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyways, yeah. so we're coming off the back end of that. Disney's kind of chewing into itself here. Mm-hmm. Very similar audiences. Yeah. Spider-Man, far from home. You know, what do you think is going to pull in? Because if you look at Homecoming here, it raked in $117 million in its opening weekend. Yeah. The biggest opening weekend ever for Spider-Man film is Spider-Man 3. Mm-hmm. And that pulled in $151 million. So wow. that was the end of that trilogy, yeah. the stated end of that trilogy. There was, you know, apparently more to come. And we've seen some variability anywhere from 35, which is into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. You know, that 114 from the original Spider-Man was huge. Yeah. Huge oh, at the yeah. time. You know, Aquaman in, numbers. Yeah. To, to the, exactly. Exactly. Remember that? Chase. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what do you think this is going to pull? Taking all that into context, yeah. a clear endgame bump. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man being a well-established character now. Yeah. Is it going to pull more than Homecoming? What do you think is going to land? You know what? Um... It's going to put more than Homecoming, especially if you... Because I think they're going to include the five-day 
Yeah, it'd be the, there, but right? just even do the three day. Even doing the three day. I'm gonna go one. I'm gonna go with what I said the first time. Remember the episode we first covered, uh, Far from Home or Homecoming? I went with 150. Yeah. I'm gonna go with like 160 this time. Ah, okay. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> I got 165 right now. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, <laughs> the more the better. Yeah, that's what I'm sticking with. So, you know, industry predictions are north of 150 right now. Yeah. But just to put that in some context, they're also predicting Toy Story to go north of 140. That's right. And so they had to kind of tone down those estimates partially through the weekend. But this is, again, this is MCU. This is Marvel Studios. So I would say that they usually underestimate these films, to be honest with you. Could be 180. They way underestimated what um, Endgame Endgame. was going to do. Yeah. Because that was an incredible... But we're never going to see that number no. again. That's $357 million <laughs> opening crazy. weekend. Like they underestimated that in some capacity yeah. by upwards of $80 million, yeah. which Bananas. is a good opening weekend for some films. It's crazy. <laughs> so there it is locked in. We'll get Sanjay's yeah. the, his pick. I'm, I'm assuming he probably would go, I'm going to guess 145. Yeah, I can see him doing that. Yeah, just yeah. a little bit on the lower end. Yeah. Being a bit more conservative. I could see him doing trying that. Trying to catch that. Yeah. So anyways, let's run through some questions here. You know, with yeah. our prelude episodes, we always try to... <laughs> Take a look back at some of the trailers and trying to just predict a few things. Now, guys, I'm going to put a spoiler warning here. We're not trying to intentionally spoil anything. I yeah. say this with every single prelude episode. <laughs> we know no more than you guys, possibly less, because we don't watch a whole ton of those TV spots yeah. and that. So we try to go on this relatively fresh. You know, we've reviewed some of the stuff, so you can go check that out. But if you have any aversion to spoilers or anything like that, you know, just hit pause right now and come back a little later. You can come back and revisit and see how close we were on some of these predictions. We're going to try to keep them pretty high level. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's no, like I said, there's no intention here to purposely spoil the film. Yes. And if it makes you feel any better, 90% of the stuff we predict does not happen in the films. No. <laughs> <laughs> so even though we talk about this every single week, we continue to get this wrong, which is good for both us and you. Yeah. <laughs> we have fun with it, but no big spoilers. Yeah. So first question I'm going to ask here, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of speculation around Peter Parker's future role in the MCU yes. and him taking up an Iron Man, Tony Stark-esque mantle. Yeah. Do you think we're going to start to see the seeds of that planted in Spider-Man Far From Home? Um, I think so. I think we already have a little bit, and I think it will go further. Um, the thing is, I think with Avengers, it's never been – it's always been a toss-up between Cap and Tony. Yeah. I feel, I feel like even when you go back and forth each movie, I feel – it's gone back and forth between the two of those characters. So even going forward, I feel like we could have it back and forth between, let's say, Captain Marvel and even Spider-Man yeah. himself uh, leading the team. But I definitely think he's going to be the one to step up to the plate, especially as Peter grows. I mean, everybody in the dog knows that character with great power comes great responsibility. How much better would it be for that character to lead the team of yeah. Avengers? But he has to grow. You can't have a 17-year-old, 18-year-old kid no. leading these grown people that have fought wars, yeah. that have fought... In other galaxies. In a galactic wars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but I think he will get there. Um, it's been seeded since even the Ultimate Universe. Spider-Man's been kind of led to be the ultimate Spider-Man. Like, he's meant to, he's meant to be the character with all the potential yeah. to be the big dog one day. So, I yeah. feel like, even though they haven't really done it in the comics, I feel like he is going to be the one in the movies, at least, to mm-hmm. get to that level. Yeah. yeah. When I look at this, I look at it from a very similar perspective, but I, I look at Tony Stark and... Steve Rogers as the heart and soul yes of the franchise yeah and for me when I look at this when I say will Peter Parker become Tony in my mind 
it's about the essence of the character, not mm-hmm. so much replicating, yes, he's going to wear an iron suit, he's no. going to be the brains of Bron. Yeah. All of that kind of rolled yeah. up into one, the cockiness and all that. It's yeah. not meant to replicate. It's meant to take the heart that we saw at the end, yeah. the, the character growth and evolution, and that whole kind of you know base narrative that we see in Tony Stark from 2008 forward, and kind of giving some of that to Peter Parker. Because mm-hmm. one thing that we do lack now, and again, spoilers for Endgame, I guess. Guys, it's been out forever. Grabs, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's been out for literally ever. <laughs> we're releasing it with new footage get out there and see it i'm sorry we haven't seen shazam yes same here anyways but there there has to be someone that takes up those roles and i don't know right now if black panther is the one that becomes the heart and soul yeah i don't even know if you get that from captain marvel yeah but to me i'm really feeling that from peter parker spider-man yeah is that he can carry that emotional weight of being the heart of the mcu yeah and you, you take other characters and we build other characters. You got Doctor Strange. All these characters become big pieces of it. Mm-hmm. But there needs to be a focal point. And I think Peter Parker, Spider-Man, is going to become one major piece of that focal point in the MCU. Yeah. And yeah. I, it, I, I see that for sure. Especially for the fact, even more so maybe potentially than Tony. Because uh, one thing with Peter, he's always been like the everyday man. Yeah. The person that everyone can relate to. Yeah. So uh, you can never really relate to Tony. Even in the movies, I feel like Peter is the one that you can do do that with and actually grow your audience with at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you, you're introduced to him as a 15-year-old kid, but that audience is growing with him. And even like the grown people like me that fanboy out over the character as well grow with the character. Yeah. So I think he'd be the perfect choice for that. I mean, T'Challa being the king, I think he can be like the funding of the Avengers, much like what they're doing in the comics right now. Yeah. Where he like leads the team in that sense. But um, yeah, you, you broke it down nicely. Heart and soul of the team, I think it's going go mm-hmm. to go uh, to Peter. Yeah. yeah, and much to your point too, him being a fallible character, mm-hmm. and to me, the mistakes that Peter Parker makes are much more relatable. Yeah, than the mistakes that even Tony Stark makes. Yeah, like I can't make a billion dollar mistake. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm not an arms dealer. Yeah, it like, gets harder to relate. Yes, the the foundation of that and the essence of him being Tony Stark being a very flawed character mm-hmm. and him working his way through that up until Endgame, where the ultimate sacrifice is made. That's a beautiful arc. Yeah. But it's harder to relate to. Peter Parker, I can relate to the awkwardness. Right. I can relate to one to be a teenager. Exactly. Not necessarily in the same sense that I have superpowers and I, you know, never felt that I could do anything. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But I feel that on a on a more personal level, Peter Parker kind of connects a bit better with the general audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not taking anything away from Tony Stark or what Downey did with that right. character. But I agree with you. It's just like that. You feel a bit more connection to that character. For sure. And I want to see more of that going forward. And I think... What they're saying just from the early reviews, this emotional arc, we're going to see him go on. It's going to be very relatable to losing someone very important to you, like a father or a, a, a mentor of some sort. Of course. And even beyond that, like we saw at the end of Endgame, like some of the, the beautiful stuff between the two of them. Yeah. Um, and I'm really excited to see that carry through here mm-hmm. and what impact that has on the character of Peter Parker, but also how it, it evolves him and changes him. Yeah. Because we need to see that, right? For we need sure. To see that character changing and that development throughout this. And that's going to be the catalyst for a lot of it. Yeah, no, no, that's true. Um, you you mentioned Tony, though. Do you think, because a lot of people are saying Iron Man, but do you think we'll also see more influence from Steve? Because that's another one that he looks up to. I mean, yeah. Steve kind of has that mutual respect, calling him Queens, and he is still present in this universe. And when you look at Peter Parker, at least in the MCU, he kind of has the best of both. He has the, the science of Tony, but he also has, like, the heart, yeah. like Steve does, right? Never backing down, but doing the right thing, leaving his girlfriend for the dance to mm-hmm. save the world. But he has the science genius of a Tony Stark. That's a, I love that parallel. Yeah, yeah. That's, I like that leaving his girl on, on the dance floor. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's crazy. That's I never cr- thought yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. Wild. Yeah. I don't know. It's... I, 
it's going to be interesting to see. I think in this, they're going to weigh quite heavily towards the Iron Man stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe the effect of Steve Rogers comes later. Mm. But I think they're going to save a lot of that, the effect of Steve Rogers for Bucky and Sam Wilson. Okay, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, because that's another mantle. Yeah, exactly. Another up, mantle, yeah. another way to kind of leverage some of that uh, that emotional stakes from Endgame into something different yeah. and how that affects and develops other characters. That's right. But yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if you do get Cap mentions in here. Mm-hmm. By by any means. Yeah. Or if there's a big bronze statue of Cap. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's I mean? right. Because I'd, I'd love to see another interaction yeah. with uh, old Steve there. Oh, I would love to see that. I don't yeah. know if we're done with Cap. I don't, I don't know, know if Evans is done yeah. with it either. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm convinced at some point that we'll see him back in this universe. Mm-hmm. Whether it's in the Widow movie, in yeah. a cameo, or whether it's in something else. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm almost certain they're not done with that character. I hope not. Yeah. Yeah. Now, with all this, and very similar, paralleling Iron Man's mm-hmm. films... We always had a ton of suits yeah. in all of them. You know, we had up to Mark whatever, 50 some odd, <laughs> right? When you look at all the Iron Man films. And we're building it out quite quickly here with Spider-Man. Yeah. In this film alone, that we know of, we're going to see the Iron Spider suit, maybe a tossback suit. But I don't mm-hmm. know if that was just a trailer thing. A stealth suit and a black and red, new black and red suit. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite suit so far? In this, you know, we haven't seen the full context where he gets a cell suit and the black mm-hmm. and red suit. We haven't seen it in full swing and full action. Yeah. We've seen some trailer stuff and all that. But do you have a favorite so far? Is it the throwback suit? Is it the homecoming? What do you think? Yeah, I go with the homecoming Civil War. And they're basically the same yeah. kinds. But I think Civil War, his gauntlets, web shoes were a little more silver. Or maybe mm-hmm. they're black. There is a variation. I think the webbing was a little different. But that's my favorite because it's the closest to the original wasn't really a fan of um, the Iron Suit. I never have been, even the comics. It's It looks good. Yeah. It just doesn't stand out to me. And I think um, the stealth suit's starting to rub off on me. I'm, yeah, I I'm like kind it. Of, kind of liking it more I these like days. It. Yeah. 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 What, what do you got going on? You know, I, I like the Iron Spider suit. Yeah. I like f- for what it is and what it's for. Yeah. Like it served a purpose in those films, but I'm glad yeah. they're they're kind of going away from it. Yes. And bringing back. So I kind of like the idea of this, this black and red suit, kind mm-hmm. of that Miles Morales looking suit. It really has it. Yeah. It's the superior cool. Spider-Man Miles Morales look. Exactly. Yeah. And I do I do like the cell suit. It's not my favorite, mm-hmm. but I like that they're kind of changing it up. That's the thing that we always liked about Iron Man too, yeah. is that all of a sudden you have a completely different suit. Yeah. And I regret that they never put in like the black suit, yeah, uh, or something kind of crazy. We had a lot of crazy stuff in Iron Man three, yeah, (laughs) but he always stuck pretty close to that gold yellow. I guess he had that really yellow suit that Mark forty seven, I believe it was in Avengers. No, in Iron Man three. Oh yeah, it's more yellow than red. It was kind of like a weird yellow gold thing, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a little different. Body yellow on that one. I do like all that extremist armor. Yeah, basically, yeah, 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 exactly. That always fell apart. Yeah. But do you think there's going to be a de- another suit? Have we seen all of them? Like, are the, is there a surprise suit? I, I think so. And I think it's going to be more closer to the comic accurate one because um, there's that Marvel land that's opening up yep. in Disney. And I think it's like maybe six months ago or so, they showed some promotional art and it's very much like the Tony Stark suit, except again, the gauntlets were silver, mm-hmm. but they're a bit bigger. But it had less like patches going on. Yeah. And I think I've seen it one more time, somewhere pop up. And I feel like at least towards the end of the film, much like um, Homecoming, we're going to get Peter Spider-Man more closer to that original, just regular red and blue awesome. costume. Yeah. What do you think? I think, there's, I think they're hiding something here. Yeah. Um, the trailers, they've shown us a lot of cool stuff, but yeah. there's got to be a big suit reveal in here. Yeah. Uh, to some capacity. I don't know what it could be, though. Right. And this kind of goes into my next question. Mm-hmm. Is uh, Kind of a, a continuity question here is that with the idea of the multiverse being introduced yes. in this film... First, do you think it's real? 
Like, do you think this is something that <sighs> Mysterio is just using? And we're going to get into the, you know, the, what Mysterio actually is yeah. as a question here, but I, I'm still not convinced that the multiverse is a real thing. I feel like it's a plot point or a device that's being used by Mysterio to lead everyone on. Hmm. Yeah. I'm uh... I feel two ways about this one. One, I feel like the trailer or even Mysterio is like lying. Yeah. But then we get a kicker that there actually is a multiverse yeah, out there. Um, or two, there is a natural multiverse. The only thing is with the multiverse, it's very weird because they refer to the MCU as the 616, which yeah. is the OG Earth Prime in the comic books. Yeah. But then he mentions like Earth 833 or 835, which is where he's from, which is a weird reference because that is Spider-Man UK. Mm-hmm. Which is a weird one to pull out of nowhere. Unless, like, that red and black suit that we've been seeing, maybe that's, like, the English yeah. Spider-Man UK. And Tom Holland's just going to be using his regular accent because he's um, English, right? Wouldn't that be something? Which would be hilarious. <laughs> Which would be so funny. Because I still think there's something going on with that red and black suit. I don't know. Because that We've could never seen him with the mask, mask. Off. Yeah. In and film. Because I think he wore it when he was doing the Disney Doing some stuff. press stuff yeah. going on. And, um... I don't know. There's there's some stuff going on with Spider-Verse stuff too. Like when you see mm-hmm. him doing some press things, we've seen him like in and out of costume, but we've seen other Spider-Men, mm-hmm. like stunt guys in there, almost as if it's like, I don't well, know, maybe that, I'm looking too hard. Well, but. there's that poster that was revealed this past week that yeah. cuts down the middle and you got different Spider-Men on either side. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And so. yeah, I'm, I'm a bit skeptical as to the multiverse, but I like your idea mm-hmm. there of it, him actually lying about it, but yeah. then at the end being like, Real. yeah because <laughs> it the whole spider-verse thing and i don't and i don't know where they're gonna go with it because mm-hmm. I, I like the idea the similar fashion to when they ended the ultimate universe it was yeah. basically they time traveled too much they ripped a hole in reality right and galactus kind of went through and he yeah. destroyed the ultimate universe and all this right i like that idea that there is some knock-on effect for them doing the time travel mm-hmm um, outside of this pure butterfly effect. Yes. That it actually tore a hole in reality and everything without, or even in the absence of the infinity stones that mm-hmm. it doesn't bind together the universe the same way it did. So something is changing. Yes. And I like them leveraging off of that, but it just always felt to me like a weird thing to reveal in a trailer. Exactly. And that's yeah. why I've always been skeptical of it. Right. And now whether that was just to prep audiences for that, they're asking and Googling what a multiverse was. So mm-hmm. it wasn't a whole big piece of exposition and explanation and, and people be like out. what the hell is they talking yeah. about multi what that's right. why is there two spider like why is this guy so it might have just been a way for them to introduce the audiences to the concept of it mm-hmm. and so that they're not you know when they're sitting butt and see it they're not really <laughs> scratching their head but realistically everyone saw endgame and everyone just bought into time travel that's right. and spider-verse even yeah. big, exactly. bigger right True. so they they, they they get it. like maybe they weren't going to do that reveal until they saw the reaction of no. spider-verse and like i guess we could do this yeah because Maybe. that's another big leverage point, how well received that was. Yeah. And the idea of multiple Spider-Man mm-hmm. and all that. So I don't know. It's it's going to be crazy because yeah. you could see, realistically, you could see the introduction of Miles Morales yeah. in this, Spider-Man well, UK. That's right. Well, there, there, there's rumors even because way back when they're going to do a Spider-Man 4, Jake Gyllenhaal was rumored to actually yeah. be placed Toby. There's rumors that this other Mysterio from another Earth could actually be Peter gone yeah. another route. Yeah. So. Wild. Yeah, which is wild. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Speaking yeah. of Mysterio. Yeah. You know, he, he is a villain. Yeah. By all sense of the, the word. And he's played off in these trailers as <clears throat> someone that seems to be more of a hero. Yeah. From a different reality. Mm-hmm. 
this is all an illusion, right? <laughs> Do you think that way? Do you think... Because yeah. they, they have let to lead on that he's actually the true villain mm-hmm. of this film. And and in my opinion, he is. Do yeah. you think they're going to go anti-hero? Is there potential for to spin out a Mysterio solo franchise in the Sony world? <laughs> like, where, where do you think this villain, this character, I'm going to say is going? <sighs> it's, it's hard to say, man. I mean, because, yeah, with Mysterio, he's literally always uh, smoking mirrors. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. He like, like, I thought before he could be, if there is a multiverse, he could be the bad guy in that world. But he's coming here to either make the world his vision as he sees it without spider-man stopping him but then he finds there's another spider-man or he could just be a good guy that does turn bad we've seen it plenty of times happen in other mcu films they start off good and they go bad so i don't know i mean when you go into the ultimate universe even two with the ultimate universe there's two mysterios but they're actually the same so the mysterio in the 616 is controlling the mysterio in the ultimate universe Mm -hmm. so it's led by the same person he could be doing the same thing in this world but again like i said trying to like do something different in the other world it's it's crazy it's wild I, I, that, that's then that's part one of the things i'm most excited for in this mm-hmm. film is the idea is there's so many question marks yeah it's not you know vulture was a great villain yeah relatively straightforward yeah you know michael keaton did awesome role so good uh, awesome in the role and he delivered one of those vil- the villains that you know you look par- back at a review series you know yeah. one of the, the early criticisms was the villains are pretty flat yeah but all the villains we've gotten in the last couple of years have all been incredible. Yeah, and say. it looks like Quentin Beck, Mysterio here, is going to be another one to add to that list. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited about doing something kind of multidimensional here. That's right. Both from the multiverse perspective as well as, you know, the villain character. Yeah. You know, what is Quentin Beck? Like, who is Quentin Beck? Right. Why What's isn't there a Quentin Beck in the MCU already? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, where is he? Yeah. That, and, and like, could they even go, like, the whole, like, Kevin Spacey, like, Apex route where it's like he's just kind of delusional like yeah. he is from the 616 and he just thinks he's from another yeah. world himself well that's it right yeah. it's oh there's so much potential there mm-hmm. this and I, and I absolutely love this now let's talk about other villains yeah. in this film do you think there's potential you know because spider-man if nothing else with the villains they've always had a tendency to put quite a few villains yes you know into this universe and i think you know we went through them already Homecoming tolerated a lot of villains on the sidelines, you know, him battling them without feeling much like a Amazing Spider-Man 2 <laughs> um, or even Spider-Man 3. That's right. Sandman. Yeah. So who else could factor into this? You know, if Mysterio isn't, in fact, the true villain, mm-hmm. you know, we've got Hydro-Man in here. And yeah. well, at least we think because yeah. like Elementals. Has been yeah. Rumors, but and I think could... if you look at the Build-A-Figures and the Lego and all Molten that, Man. the Molten Man, yeah. Hydro-Man, that's the terms they use, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, is there someone else more than that? Is there a Craven in the background oh. somewhere here? You know, is there a villain from you know you being the Spider-Man guy that mm. makes more sense linking him up with Mysterio? Yeah, I think a thousand percent. I'm going to go with uh, Chameleon. Chameleon. I think he's subtle enough to put in there. Yeah, someone that can do the whole like face swapping. I think, and, and that's Craven's cousin too. They're related. Oh, the, okay. They cool. are. Yeah. So I think um, if I was to put my money on anyone, that's kind of subtle. A little more spotlight shined on this character as opposed to like Scorpion because Scorpion was very subtle yeah. in Homecoming. Extremely subtle. Yeah, I, I think you could possibly see a uh, a chameleon in here. He could possibly even be like pretending to be like some other Mysterio from another world. Like he, him and Mysterio could be in cahoots together. Ah, basically. cool. I yeah. like that. Yeah, I like we'll, that a lot. We'll cool. Yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what do you think? Who, I don't know, man. I don't. See? I'm not. Unfortunately, I'm not as versed mm-hmm. in the rose gallery of spider-man you know yeah. first person that comes to mind is craven but yeah that doesn't make sense that feels like maybe more of a stinger type thing yeah. 
about him hunting the spider. I love that yeah. idea. Ugh, love yeah. all that. And it's executed well. But yeah, that's that's gonna come in the future yeah. though. So Osborne. Like, to see that's, the name. See, that's the big thing that yeah. I'm thinking of is is Norman Osborn. Yeah. Because that's someone that you can put in there. It's filling a bit of that tech billionaire vacuum that Tony Stark leaves. Yeah. And we've also got this lingering thread of the Avengers Tower. Yes. That was seeded for us in Homecoming. Who bought it? Exactly. And yeah. we've got John Favreau returning here as Happy Hogan. So there's a clear linkage still back to all of that. Mm-hmm. And we have to get some resolution. That was put in there for a reason. Of course. You know, our man, Mark Garza, if he had a, oh. a brilliant theory with regards to it being the Baxter building, mm. I don't know yeah. if they're going that route with it. It yeah. feels like an Oscorp type thinking thing. So. I'm yeah. thinking so. I think we will get the Baxter building one day. Yeah. But if I had to put my money on it, I think it's going to be set up for Norman Osborn. Fully agree. And yeah. I think Osborn, no, no goblin. No goblin, no. But I think we'll start to see the rise of Norman Osborn. Uh. And it could be something as simple as there is this void for weapons manufacturing osborne has filled that yeah and people being upset that there's another arms dealer you know i know tony stark was done with that a long time ago but there's another arms dealer back in new york yes sitting you know high and mighty in this tower and it just it just puts that there for what's next yeah all, all it meant is seeding the universe putting osborne in the universe and that could mean anything from dark avengers yes to what was it hammer yeah, that he had in the yeah. comic books, yeah, which Thunderbolts. Was, yeah, Thunderbolts. The yeah. hammer was the, the kind of the bad shield. Yeah, yeah. Right, and so there's so much potential there, and, it, and he's he is the villain. He's the villain for yeah. Spider-Man too. I, I, yeah, I think there's so much they could do there, especially because Spider-Man's origin in the MCU is still shaky. We really don't know. No, like for all we know, like we have no idea how he got bit by that spider. Going to the Ultimate Universe, Norman Osborn had a lot to do with that. Yeah. So it'd be really cool if they kind of tied that, and he has like a lot of interest in like. Not even necessarily Peter Parker, but just knowing like who or how Spider-Man was created and did he have something to do with mm-hmm. it hunting down Spider-Man. So, yeah. ah, love to see that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Now, that's on the villain side of things. What about yeah. heroes? You know, we got Nick Fury in here. We got Maria Hill. Mm-hmm. Is there going to be any hero cameos in this? We're coming out the back end of the biggest crossover movie of all time. Yeah. Spider-Man is quite familiar with a lot of these characters now. Is this going to be a siloed focused Spider-Man story or are we mm-hmm. going to have someone showing up? I don't know who organically could factor into this. Oh, that's already existed? Yeah, let's say like a Sam Wilson or something like that. Do you yeah. think there's any potential that they're going to cross paths with anyone? We got, got Captain Britain. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, existing in the MCU? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, if I was to pull one out since it's like a Euro film, I, I would just say like someone like Silver Sable. Yeah. But going Black into Knight. the... Hmm? Black Knight? Black Knight. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. Because he's had a push. Yeah. Right? From figures to comics, even though it got cancelled, but he has had a little bit of a push. Yeah, I don't know. Uh if I was going MCU, yeah, I kinda wanna say Falcon, but he already had his appearance with like mm-hmm. Ant Man. I don't yeah. know if they do something like that again. Yeah, I'm just I to me it feels like it's gonna be quite a siloed off yeah. story. Yeah, I would hope um, so. They're moving outside of the US, so the, you know, there's less potential crossing paths with individuals that aren't SHIELD. Yeah. So but I'm also excited for them reestablishing SHIELD in some capacity yeah like and what that how that comes to be right because like what like shield collapse nick fury yeah. went to hiding and i'm a, my assumption is maybe it's not shield maybe it's fury working for the avengers i don't know yeah because i gotta do some work there as well right because maria hill was working for tony stark and working for the avengers that's right um we don't really see her in endgame um i guess just at the end funeral thing yeah but we're spoiled endgame the hell sorry guys (laughs) (laughs) that's all me that's on me Uh, many apologies but it's been a couple months guys (laughs) yeah it's the biggest film of all time (laughs) well you bring up shield and you know what that that totally went over my head because 
and I hate keep comparing it to the comic books, but in the comics, Peter's parents were S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. Yeah. Could there be something with Nick Fury knowing, like, the Parker name? Being like, hey, like, your parents died on one of our missions. Like, yeah. could they go the route? Maybe not. Probably not. Because Amazing Spider-Man 2 yeah, left that bad taste of, like, his did. parents. So they'll probably stay away from that. <laughs> um, but I would love to know more about S.H.I.E.L.D. Because I think it's been some time now that's passed. I would like to see S.H.I.E.L.D. get back to what it used to be yeah. have that status quo of being um like basically like the supreme intelligence of over the whole world um especially again the ultimate spider-man shield and spider-man work hand yeah. to hand together uh agent fury and, and spidey go mm-hmm. a long way together so. and i don't know i haven't ca- caught up on agent of shield but i yeah. do know that shield has if that's even still part of canon mm-hmm. that's they've reestablished themselves in the world okay yeah cool yeah so coming off the the end with hydra there so yeah it's another huge big question mark that yeah. they're gonna do some work and that's the whole thing is that they're using this as like i said the epilogue to end game and they're gonna really you know expand out on a lot of ideas whether it's spider-man's universe yeah multiverse shield nick fury you know all there's a lot of crazy stuff that they're doing here um so it's very exciting to see yeah. what's going to happen with this film and the last thing we're going we're gonna to talk about here is yeah. post credit scene oh the stinger now yeah. from the reactions apparently it's quite good mm-hmm. um it likely my guess being that we don't have any announcements of any future films yet that's you know likely to come in the couple weeks after far from home yeah it's likely going to set something a bit more hmm spider-man centric right as opposed to mcu centric yeah, exactly that that's my my thoughts here what, right. are, what are you thinking for this i got two that i think are quite plausible mm-hmm. but would be and it would be absolutely nuts <laughs> but uh do you want me to go first yeah you go first man let's okay. see what you got first one i got here Excited. is a tony stark ai Whoa, Secret Empire. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, so even just a Spider-Man's tinkering around, and all he hears is, like, Downey's voice, hey, kid. Oh, Something like that. Yeah, Yeah, Underoos or something. I get goosebumps just thinking about it. Oh, that'd be nuts. Oh, yeah, hey, Underoos. Yeah. And it's just this weird Tony Stark AI thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. And that's a, you know, pay Downey 10 million bucks going to soundstage (laughs) for, you know, 20 minutes. Right. Uh, the other one I got, and I think, I don't know, this one seems probably more plausible, is Nick Fury introducing the concept of the new Avengers to Spider-Man. Oh, man. In the same fashion. And this, to me, I like it because it has, you know, some very, you know, big parallels to the end of Iron Man 1 with Nick Fury coming out and saying, you're part of a bigger world. Have you heard of the Avengers Initiative? Right. And it's Nick Fury coming to Peter Parker at the end being like, this is the new Avengers initiative. Oh, you know, shoot. we're looking to form a new team. Yeah. Do you want to be a part of it? That to me being Fury's in this already. And we're eventually going to build to a new Avengers film. I, they're going to announce a film. And my guess is, it's going to be called the new Avengers. Yeah. Man, that'd be sick. New and Avengers. I yeah. just, to me, it's a nice narrative parallel to what they did in Iron Man one. Yeah. With Nick Fury doing the same thing in that stinger, oh, now doing man. it with Peter Parker. Yeah, I that, like that that to me is the that, one I think yeah, is what's going to happen. That's money right there. Yeah. Oof. But man, yeah, no, I got nothing on that. I mean, the only thing I can think, because um, keeping it Spider centric, uh, based off of Spider Verse, Miles was a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised oh, oh. if um, if uh, Childish Gambino. Um, how I'm forgetting his, his real name, Don Glover. Don Glover. If if he introduced Peter to his nephew, yeah. If he's like, hey, this is Miles, or or, or something, something like that. Keeping it um, 
616 miles and not going the comic book route yeah. where it's like another miles from another universe because then it's, it gets all weird. Mm-hmm. You might as well just keep it kind of like what they did in the PS4 game where Spider-Man, Peter Parker, and Miles both exist in the same world and Peter can eventually mentor him one day whenever he gets so bit cool. by that spider. Yeah, or or even if, <laughs> even if we do get the whole concept of um, Norman Osborn doing experiments on a spider, if we just see... Miles Morales hanging out with uh, Prowler, Donald Glover at the very end, chilling, and you just see the spider crawl into his backpack, and it just ends or something, and you're like, oh, shoot. Like, there it is. That guy's going to become spider And just leave it. And just leave it. Yeah, yeah, nothing more than that. Don't introduce him to Peter or anything. Just leave that spider crawling into his bag, and oh. then you can figure it out from there. Man. Yeah. yeah. There's big potential here. Yeah. But it's going to be crazy, because like you mentioned, there's something something nuts yeah. is going on. Ugh, yeah. I tell you, man. <laughs> and coming up the back end of Endgame when there was no stinger right that was yeah. like universe done nothing yeah. crazy yeah. crazy oh, stuff this, this is going to be quite an experience again yeah coming off the hype of endgame you and i have never really left that space no about i, I bet you on youtube i watched that avengers assemble scene on some shitty cam <laughs> I, i'm up to like a hundred some i just watch it on repeat <laughs> i don't believe you tightening that shield yes yeah from that on your left oh. and then the music and then everyone and yeah. then avengers see that's what i gotta say and i I mean this is a little tangent here and i know it's gonna be tough there might be biased because you're a captain america guy and i I got into it on twitter with uh you know with the crew with with carlos and sunjay and i put down at the end of the day the mcu going up to at least endgame who is the face of the mcu and and it's very easy for people to say iron man Mm -hmm. but for me i got i gotta say cap it's what captain america has done in that film pretty much every film of his I feel like it's his story. It, it is very much Iron Man's story mm-hmm. too. I guess it's it's 50-50. But I got to know your answer to this. It's so hard. Yeah. Like I'm a cat guy. Yeah, that's your guy. Through. Yeah. But there's two important points in that end game is that Tony Stark has basically ends ends it all. Yeah. So his arc is finished mm-hmm. in this. But then you've got Cap leading that battle. Like where is Iron Man at the, that battle? Yeah. Cap's at the front, takes me on there. One and man says, only. Says Avengers Assemble. Yeah. And, Iron Man's in the back. He's yeah. not beside him. No. Like, Thor comes down and stomps down. Yeah. And Iron Man's in view. Yeah. But he's not front and center. No. So, it's so hard. But then Iron Man gets that... that gets that snap. That, right? that snap. Yeah. And so, it's... I don't know. But, but, you, but, but Cap would have done the same thing, too, though. Yeah. Right? I, I agree. Yeah. I think, to me... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, <laughs> it's a tough one. It's a Cap... It's, to me, the only reason I would say Cap... Yeah. It's because I love Cap. <laughs> um, there it is. <laughs> he his arc finishes, but maybe not the same in the same emotional capacity. Mm-hmm. But also the Russos and Stephen McFeely and Christopher Marcus, the writers of Infinity War, yeah. Civil War, all that. They're yeah. all cap. They're cap guys. Yeah. Infinity War didn't get a Cap story out of it. No. It didn't get an Iron Man story out of it either. That's true. Yeah. But I feel like they wrote Captain America through this. Yeah. And that's why. I think when you look at it as a Russo brother production, Stephen, the writers, the way they crafted this, it's a Steven Rogers story. Cool. Ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. With a heavy Iron Man arc in it. Boom. There it is. And so. There it is. It's, you, you want to yeah. say 60, 40, you want to say 50, 50. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But to me, the focal point post Winter Soldier is Captain America in that universe. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. For me, it starts with First Avenger. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. Oh, so good. It is. It is. All right, my man. Wicked. Absolute blast talking yeah. Spider-Man Far From Hope, Spider-Man in the MCU. Mm-hmm. A few other things, including Celebration. Big anticipation yes. there for me. And we will be back next week. Can't wait to get back to the mic. Our dude Sanjay will be in the room. Mm-hmm. He's got our tickets for us. 
We're going to go up and see that way the hell up north. <laughs> Got to clear heels three times to get up there. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. But we will be back. We will return. Mm-hmm. And if you guys would like to be a part of this show as we wrap things up here, you can always email us at nerdroom at gmail.com. You can find everything we do on the nerdroom.net. And you can always find us wandering around on now Instagram and Twitter. Our Instagram handle is at the nerdrm, and our Twitter handles are at the end of the episode. That's where we like to do our social media hangouts. And that's where you see us posting a few things, especially on Instagram with regards to our recent hunts, our recent finds, when yeah. we can actually find stuff. <laughs> and you will never be seeing our reactions, maybe some pictures from watching Spider-Man Far From Home yeah. over on there as well. And our really early spoiler-free Twitter actions will come out. So really looking forward to that, yes. guys. I'd like to give a big shout-out to StarsCommonwealth.com. And that's where you can find all of the work that everyone in the Star Wars Commonwealth is doing fantastic stuff. You know, there's... So little content from Star Wars, but these guys continue to find a way to make every single podcast thoroughly interesting and engaging. So get over there and check out everything that everyone's doing over at the Star Wars Commonwealth. And as always, I'd like to give our man Rob Wade a big shout out for endorsing this podcast over the Emotionally14.com. You can check everything that he does, including Crazy Train Podcast, TSW, everything over at Emotionally14.com. Man, the fool has been said about ready to close this episode out so we'll be on the other side next week next time you hear from us and until then for the nerd room i'm tim i'm troy and thank you guys very much for entering the nerd room this has been a nerd room podcast production you can find our hosts tim troy and sanjay on twitter at the nerd rm troy the boy 87 and sanjabi for more content from the nerd room check out the nerdroom.net and don't forget to subscribe to the nerd room on itunes podbean spotify or wherever you plug in be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts from Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Road Squadron Podcast, San Diego Saber's Radio Podcast, Tattooing Sons, Retro Inc., and the Sandcrawler Podcast. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SWCommonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.